This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. Good morning, Ohio. James Ernest with Growing Truth here with author Kevin Gallagher, author of the new book, Baseball Teach Your Children to Hit So They Don't Quit. Parents, You Can Teach Them. Promise. So uh, tell us, uh, is um, baseball still America's pastime? <laughs> it's a great question, question James. Uh, it, it, well, it's not, right? It's been overtaken by a lot of other sports. And before we get into the book, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, the game has slowed down considerably, and um, people just aren't watching it as, as it used to be. The games are three hours and five minutes long on average. Some are going three and a half hours. You know, the game's going into 11 o'clock at night. Kids aren't watching it. it you know, it's an interesting statistic, but 34% of all at-bats today involve either only the pitcher, the catcher, and the hitter. It's either a strikeout, a walk, or a home run, which means that over a third of the game is, is uh, between two defensive players and seven people are standing around. The reason I bring it up is that um, the fan base is, is dwindling. Youth participation is dwindling. Um, the time between balls put in play, James, in baseball is three minutes and 40 seconds. You can make a bologna sandwich, take a dog for a walk, Come back in, and the same guys at that. Now, I, I don't mind that. Maybe you don't. I like the, the chess moves and the nuances of the game. But the youth of our game, the youth of America, they're not going to put up with that. There's video games, there's football, there's more action. So the casual viewer is not watching, and attendance is lowest. It's been in 16 years. And Pete Rose says, and I have it in my book, he says that uh, home runs are up, strikeouts are up, but attendance is down. And he said, I didn't go to Harvard but that's not a good thing. So, yeah, it's not America's pastime anymore. If they want to make it America's pastime, I think some changes need to be made to speed this game up. I agree with you 100%. It needs to have more action and yep. more just involvement. Like you said, I mean, uh, very little action going on between the uh, at-bats, it seems. Yeah. There's a, a, the National Sporting Goods Association has a study out that says that youth participation in baseball over the last 10 years is down between the ages of 7 and 11, down 31%. And between the ages of 12 and 17, it's down 35.9%. Point being is, where's the fan base going to be in 10, 15 years? MLB needs to pay attention to this. 30% of all players in the major leagues, James, are foreign-born. Wonderful people, great athletes, but they're not our kids, right? 68 out of 882 players are African-American. That's 68 out of 800. That's 7%. That's our youth. My point is, you would drive by the schoolyards, drive by the sandlots, they're not out there playing ball. They're not. So and it, it all comes down to the game has slowed down. And I, I, I attribute a lot of that to the launch angle, and we can talk about that a little bit more as well. So is hitting a baseball the hardest thing in of all sports? People say so. Uh, ball's coming in, you know, depending on what level you're at. you got less than a second to decide where it is, what, what pitch it is, where to swing, and then you got to hit that round ball or round bat, right? So, yeah, it's a very difficult uh, uh, thing to do. And the reason I wrote the book, which is, you know, teach your kid to hit so they don't quit, uh, two reasons. Don't want ordinary kids to be able to be taught how to hit a baseball so they have fun and stay with the game, okay? And I want to convince parents, they're the ones that can do it. See, if a kid is swinging and missing and swinging and missing, he's not coming back. It's not fun. He's not going to play, right? So most kids don't know how to hit. 
and quite frankly, most parents don't have to teach. I, I wrote this book for the parents. This is a, a children's book that's written to the parents, like no other out there, to tell them that they're the ones that can teach their kid how to hit. You know, we take them out to throw um, batting practice. That's what we do. And that's not teaching your child. It's spending time with them and hoping that he hits the ball when you throw it. But um, when they struggle, what do we say to them? Keep your chin up. Keep your elbow up. Stand closer. Don't swing so hard. They don't know what these little bits of disjointed advice mean. It's not teaching them. Right? They're going to get frustrated. Maybe you you get frustrated. If they go to Little League, now they're swinging and missing in front of strangers, grandma, grandpa, maybe the boy or girl they like down the end, their buddies. They're not going to do that very long because it's frustrating and it's embarrassing. They're not having fun. I call the walk from home plate to the dugout the longest and loneliest walk in sports. Okay, it, it's they're just not going to do it. Baseball is the only sport where we take your child or your, your listener's child four times a game, give him a bat, tell them to stand at home plate, tell everybody, everybody stop, wait, watch Joey, watch Lisa. Okay, go ahead, succeed or fail, hit the ball or miss it, right? And so they're not going to do it very often. They're going to move on to another sport possibly or the street corner, I don't know. But there's plenty of sports they can run around for two hours as a young young child. And you don't know if he did go to bed or she did go to bed. They just ran around and blended in. Baseball is not like that. No way it's cruel, <laughs> but it's the way it is. So we got to teach our kids to hit so they don't quit. Exactly. So with writing the book, um, what baseball experience do you have? Yeah, I played ball my whole life. I was I was one of them kids, um, James, and maybe you were too. I don't know. Could wake up at midnight and hit a line drive. Right? Nobody ever taught me how to hit. I refined it over the years. I played into the Pittsburgh Pirate organization. Um, ended up, to tell you quite frankly, the inspiration for this book came from my struggle. Right? My career ended abruptly. I was in second base playing for the Pirates, and in the fifth inning got hurt. I never walked back on the field again. So I was at the top of my game. I was bitter for many years, James, many years. And um, one day my brother, uh, one of them guys that struggled, couldn't hit, couldn't hit, and no one ever taught him. Now, many years later, he said to me, you know, Kevin, guys like me, me and guys like me, would give anything to be like you for one day. You know, hit, hit that one home run to win the game, get that one trophy, et cetera, et cetera. But if we didn't have any of that. You had all of that, and you're not enjoying it. It stopped me in my tracks. I realized, you know, wow, I, I am not enjoying everything I had. Rather looking at what I didn't have. But these kids, like my brother and everybody else, that want to play this game. And no one's teaching them. Why? Because they don't know how. They don't know how to teach. They know how to make a lineup out, and they steal second base, hit and run. They don't know how to teach. So it's funny because um, when I wrote this book, I got a lot of responses, James. The first one that came in was uh, uh, like so many others later, but the first one was seven words. And it really, really sums up what, why I'm writing this book. It was from a guy who was 54 years old. His name was Dave. And he said to me, thank you, Kevin. I am that kid. He didn't say he was that kid. He said, I am that kid. He's 64. And he remembers vividly. The shame, the frustration, the embarrassment of not knowing how to play the game. He wanted to play the game, and no one knew how to teach him. It wound up, you know, affecting his self-esteem. It affected the friends he hung out with, the girls he dated, the parties he went to. The, did he take risks at the next next thing that came up, or he did, did think he was no good? It affected him. He's 64 years old. He remembers vividly what that was like. And I, there's kids out there today crying out, James, I want to play this game. Won't somebody teach me? And I wrote this book for them. I wrote this book for them. I didn't write it for the next AAU traveling all-star. Uh, I was one of those. They can hit on their own. One day, they might need this style. People in the major leagues switch to this style late in their careers because it's a contact hitting. It's top hands hitting. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but a lot of, everyone's style stops working at some point when you go up the line and the ball speeds up. 
and they start changing directions and whatnot with the ball. And maybe your style was good because you had good athletic ability, you were bigger than the other kids, but eventually it might start working. And this style works when you first start out. It can work uh, into, into high school, going from high school to, to varsity, high school to college, or even in the forward of my book, Rick Wolf, who's a WFAN radio host of the longest parenting sports show in the country, uh, Rick Wolf wrote that he changed his style in a junior in college when he was told by a scout that when you get up to the uh, pros and the ball is driving in 92-95, that long swing ain't going to do it. you got to go to this top-hand hitting. So uh, it's, a per- it's a style that creates contact, and we can talk about exactly what that is in a minute. But, um, yeah, that's why I wrote the book. Excellent. Yeah, because I was going to say you have me intrigued. What is top-hand hitting? Yeah, so top-hand hitting, I, I compare it a lot to the launch angle, only because that's what's being used today you know, in the big, big leagues. And, and it's, it's a lot of home runs. Let me, let me tell you what the launch angle is first. Okay, If a kid is taught the wrong way or no way at all, they're on their own. And a kid can create a launch angle swing simply by picking up a heavy bat and then has to drop it down to swing, right, and come back up. So basically it's an uppercut swing. But the launch angle swing is a style of hitting that's designed to hit the ball in the air, okay, to revolutionize the game, right? And very talented players can do it, James, right? They, they can do it. But even those guys in the major leagues, they're striking out 200 and you know, 225 times to hit 30 home runs. I mean, Joey Gallo hit 40 home runs last year, but he struck out 207 times. Bryce Harper struck out 170 times. Willie Mays and I got in their prime over the 20-year career averaged 66 strikeouts a year. 66. They were contact hitters. They put the ball in play. So anyway, the launch angle swing, uh, what it does, it drops the barrel of the bat down below. So if you consider the ball coming in on a straight line, and then literally that's what you're going to get is a fastball, you drop your, your right hand down, the barrel of the bat always follows your top hand. It goes down under the ball, and now it's got to come back up and meet that ball. Now, if you took geometry in high school, you'll know that something's traveling on one line, and you're coming up on another line, there's only one intersection point. So you have one spot to hit that ball. And if you don't get there, you're going to miss it. That's why you see so many people swing and miss in, in major leagues. That's why the games are so long. But top hand hitting is just the opposite. We're going to keep our top hand as the top hand from start to finish. So we start with the top hand. It's almost like chopping a tree. It's how we start our steps to create an um, association in the brain to that top hand to be bringing it down. After a while, through the steps, it becomes level. But what it is, the purpose of that uh, is, is very simple. It's to get the barrel of the bat on the same plane the ball is traveling on as quickly as we can for as long as we can to create multiple points of contact along the way. So you can hit the ball late, you hit it down the first base, or foul, you can hit up the middle, you can hit it down the third base, you can hit foul on the left-hand side, but you're creating opportunities for the child or any batter to, um, to make more contact with the ball. So that's what top hand, top hand hitting is about. And you know, Rico Petroselli wrote the, uh, an endorsement for the book. He used it his whole career. He said, I don't know if you remember back, but Bobby Doerr was their hitting coach in Boston. They had Carl Yastrzemski and Kit Hawk Harrelson, and they used that top hand hitting back then. And they all hit between 35 and 45 home runs, as well as not striking out nearly like they're striking out today. So top hand hitting is contact hitting, and it's getting that barrel of the bat on the same plane of the ball. To create multiple points of contact. Wow, I mean, yeah, exactly. It sounds like that'll create interest and have more people, uh, more youth wanting to play the game in baseball. Hey, James, you know what a kid wants? It might be different than what the father wants. The father and mother, they want the kid to hit home run with the game. A lot of times in the beginning, just to, you want them to come back. We've got to create a baseball fan here. If they're not watching the games, the games are too long, if there's three minutes and 40 seconds, then they're bored with the game. You know, they're not going to the ballpark with mom and dad. It's too expensive. So they're not invested in the game. They go to the ballpark, spring and miss. Then they're going to quit. What a kid wants, especially starting out, wants to hit the ball. Hit a ground ball to short. Have make an error. Get on first base. Hey! You know, 
Slide into second. Get dirty. Come in. High five your friends. Go to school tomorrow. Let's talk about that game. What was it like out there in the big stage? You know, get your uniform dirty. Keep it on for three hours after the game because you, 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 you just did something that's important. You know, but if they're swinging and missing, walking back that lonely walk to the dugout, and embarrassing themselves, they're going to quit. We have to have them make contact, give them a chance. Some of the best soccer players out there, some of the best lacrosse players out there, were kids that quit baseball because they couldn't hit, went on to become great athletes in other sports. They could have been great baseball players, but they didn't stick around because they got embarrassed and it was, it was frustrating. So we got to, it all, here's what I always say everything I write about in the book, and I write about the disappearance of um, declining popularity of youth in America, right? Um, the disappearance of, of, of baseball is our pastime. But everything comes back to the one fact, the inevitable fact that if you want your child to continue to play baseball, he has to make contact. And if he doesn't, he's moving on to something else. So that's what this is about. And I want the parents to know they're the ones that can teach them. You don't have to push them out to a little league coach or a Babe Ruth coach or a high school coach. Because they, they don't know how to teach anything. They're just somebody else's parent. I'm going to give them a process, eight-step process. At the end of the book, after I've, I've laid out what the problem is, given the solution, then we tell them what to do. So at the end, they, they'll have an eight-step process that's not only going to tell them um, what, what to do, what to tell the child, okay, um, at the end, at the end, they're going to know exactly what to do. It's going to be a, um, instructions. It's going to be an illustration of what we're doing. And then I have a two minute video for each step. So when the parent is done with that, he's going to understand it. He's going to believe in it. He's going to own it. He's going to put it in his back pocket. And he's going to go out there and, and stop encouraging his kid or even coaching his kid. He's going to start teaching his kid. And then he's going to be able to teach other kids. He's, it's going to change his life because he's going to become somebody that's knowledgeable about what he's talking about. And this process simply works and there's no other book out there that's talking to the ordinary kid uh, they're all got these torque angles and they got rubber bands around their, their wrist you know, that's all wonderful i want the kid that wants to play ball and no one knows how to teach so it sounds like i mean it's gonna not just get them to play baseball but it's gonna increase their self-esteem of the kids and the parents you are very adept james yes that's what this uh, there's various themes in the book right what we're talking about here is the kid the kid quits baseball. He's the last kid in the bench. He's the last guy in the game. That doesn't, you know, I, I, was, I was a good player, right? I never considered those kids at the end of the bench. I hope I wasn't mean to them. I don't think I was. But I never thought about, geez, they got feelings too, you know? And so, yeah, it affects their self-esteem. You, you know, you, the way coaches do it in Little League and other, or low levels, they get everybody on the field. They say, line up, okay, let's have batting practice. And they watch who can hit. They say, oh, there's my number one hitter, there's my number four hitter, you know, and they make a line about it. And they don't teach the other kids who might know how to hit. Eventually, if you taught them how, they don't, they don't, they're, they're kind of pushed to the side. They get classified, it affects their self-esteem. And like I said, this guy, Dave, and many others wrote to me and remember what it did to them early on. It shaped their, 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 their social life, it shaped their, um, their own self-esteem and confidence, and they carry that forward into their adult life. I want the kids today not have memories 50 years from now that are negative like that. So we're trying to teach those kids to have fun and create a fan base. Major League Baseball needs to pay attention to some of the statistics I just told you about. You know, their fan base is, is dwindling, and they're not paying attention uh, all about this. Um, hit the home run. It's all about the home run. It's all or nothing these days. Well, your book sounds like it's going to really uh, change lives and impact the sport of baseball. Before we let you go, where on social media, where on the web, where can they find more out about your book? Yeah, there's two places you can get it. Uh, it's being sold on Amazon.com. The name of the book is Teach Your Kid to Hit So They Don't Quit. It was the number one new release on Amazon. Uh, it was ahead of the Willie Mays and Yogi Berra story. It was nice to see my picture up with those three guys. Uh, it's also on my website, which is hittingsimple.com. On there is the book. You can buy it right there. 
uh, the videos are there. Um, some of the interviews I've done on some uh, of your, uh, your, your, your show and some major national shows that I've done are on there. Um, and, and you can get a glimpse of the first three chapters of the book as well. So uh, we'd love to have people go out there. So, well, I, I am, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to affect the youth of our nation. Uh, and the last thing I'll tell you is I'm, I'm in con- discussions with Little League International. We've come to an agreement where I'm giving them 12 books. We're doing a test market run. I want them to be able to offer their, to their constituency something more than hats and T-shirts and, and leagues, but a valuable tool to teach those parents instead of giving them 15 different disjointed bits of advice about keeping your shoulder up and everybody telling them something different, have one standard way to have them hit the ball. Now, give them a valuable tool and empower the parents. So we have that underway. I'm sitting in the bookstore this week, and uh, based upon the test market, I'm hoping to go uh, real far and wide with them. So we'll see. Sounds great, Kevin. We've enjoyed having you on the show today. Thanks, James. I really appreciate it. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.